Welcome to Oaks Church, where we grow great lives and build big people. Thank you for checking out our podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this life-changing message from Pastor Joel Scrivener. For more information, visit us online at oakschurch.com or follow us on social media at Oaks Church Texas. God has massive plans. Do you believe? Do you have faith for the massive things that God wants to do inside of you, inside of our lives together? But we, uh, our focus is on encountering God. Now, the beautiful thing is that God is the pursuer of his bride. Jesus is the groom. He's pursuing you. And it's our role to open our hearts to him and create an environment for him to where we can encounter him on a daily basis. I can't tell you how I learned this in my teen years after my, all of my teenage shenanigans. Uh, I still have a few teenage shenanigans I'm still working on, but, but the, the, the bulk of them when I was uh, in my late teens and I began to really give my life back to God for the very first time. And I began to understand how badly God wanted to encounter me. And I started to create an atmosphere in my room, my downstairs bedroom in my parents' house in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the Holy Spirit would meet me there. I cannot express to you how amazing it was to be in a place where for the very first time, God began to reveal his love to me. He wants to encounter you and reveal himself to you. I turned my little red Honda Civic into a sanctuary. And everywhere I would drive, I would have worship music on. And it was, I was 17 and 18 and 19, even these formative years of me uh, allowing the pursuer to lure me into, uh, and to entice me into his presence. And it was so incredible that I would be driving on the road, just weeping in the presence of God, singing as loud as I could, worshiping him. And so many times I would turn off the radio or the, or this, or I guess it was tapes back then in the nineties. I might've had a DVD in my car. I can't remember. I might have, but, but I didn't have an eight track. Some of you don't even know about eight tracks, but they were amazing. Um, Anyway, so, so I would just have these encounters and I would be literally just wiping my tears and, and worshiping and I would turn the radio off and I would make up my own songs to the Lord. I cannot express to you enough how great it is if you could learn to encounter God and get off the script, get it color outside of the lines. This, this relationship with God that we're supposed to have, it's not supposed to be all clean and proper. A real relationship is messy sometimes and God wants to ruffle your hair a little bit. He wants to mess you up a little bit. He wants you to be intimate with him and truly open yourself up for an encounter with him on a daily basis. It doesn't have to be once a week. Please hang out with us once a week, but it's supposed to be something that you do daily. Amen? Amen. Today, I want to talk to you about the second topic or the second core value, and the word is simply this, align. Align. I want to encourage you to take good notes. I want to encourage you to write down, be prepared, whether you do it in, a, in an iPad or on your phone or whether you bring a notebook or something. I want to encourage you to be a note taker and someone that documents. If it wasn't for believers and followers of Jesus that documented the, the, the interaction and the conversation with God, we wouldn't have a Bible. Do you understand that? We only have a Bible because there were individuals that were full of faith that documented their journey. They documented their story. And those stories became what we know as as holy scriptures today. And God is no respecter of persons. He will speak to you in such a clear voice. He'll reveal himself to you just like he did the ancient ones that we read their stories in the Bible. He will reveal himself to you if you'll open up your heart and prepare. But as we were driving here today and I was uh, noticing in my car, 
that my tires, something about my car, it's out of alignment. And I got to explain to my 15-year-old daughter that when you're driving your car and your wheels are out of alignment, it wears your wheels. It, it creates rub in your life, and it actually can steer you off course very easily. And so as I was driving down the tollway and I let go of my steering wheel for a second, I moved slightly over, and another car had to swerve a little bit. I didn't know I was out of alignment. Listen, sometimes in life... We can be out of alignment and not know it. We, we could have things that are off and they're pulling us and we don't know it. But all of a sudden, if we know it and we recognize it, we need to do something about it because if we don't, it can cause wear and it can cause rub and it can cause things in our life to, to uh, be, be damaged and it can also cause the potential of accidents or chaos in our life that's unnecessary because things aren't in alignment. Can I read a little passage that I wrote? Not a passage, but something that I wrote on the website. You can find it about what a line means to us at Oaks Church. Are you open? Are you ready for the Holy Spirit to speak to us today? At Oaks Church, family is everything. Relationship with God and relationship with God's family are the two most important factors in Jesus's greatest commandment. Oaks Church's secondary objection is, objective is to provide social opportunities through small groups and organized functions that help our members align with great people and build meaningful relationships. As our members engage in these vital relationships, they will mutually sharpen one another, bring transparency and healing, and release the freedom of Christ into each other's lives. At Oaks Church, we know that we are simply better together. Amen? Now, now, here's the reality. We don't have small groups yet because <laughs> we're a baby church. Now, like I said last week, we're baby Huey, right? This is baby Huey. This is a big old fat baby church, but we're a baby church. And, and the reality is if we're going to have groups, if we're going to have small groups, it's going to start simply because you're so darn friendly. And you start looking across the aisles and you start reaching out and praying. I would encourage you every single time you come to pray and say, Father, show me who you want me to align with. Show me who you want me to be friends with. Can I tell you, I would not be who I am today without the people that God brought me while I worshiped inside of God's church. While I worshiped inside of God's church, I saw this fox down here in Tulsa, Oklahoma back in, I believe it was 1994 or something, five maybe, 1995, and I'm like, who is that holy woman of God right there? I feel the Holy Spirit drawing me in her direction. And here we are 25 years later, still aligned. The greatest gift God ever gave me was this woman right here, besides salvation through alignment with Christ Jesus. Amen, right? But I wouldn't be who I am today without people that God gave me as gifts. People that, that, I mean, I look across this room and I see people that we've been in relationship for 15 and 20 years that God has connected us together and we've sharpened each other, we've made each other better and we are who we are today because of the connectivity that God has for us in our lives. This is what it says in scripture 
uh, talks about this in Psalms 133. It says, how good and pleasant is it when God's people live together in unity? And it goes on to describe how it's like when God's anointing oil flowed down the authority figure, Aaron, the priest, and it covered him and went down onto his garment. The description, the picture is, is if we can learn how to align and live together in absolute unity with Christ, that the place of unity is the place of anointing. The place of unity is the place of anointing. If we can learn how to connect and to be one and to align each other, God's anointing will be present in our lives in a tangible way. And last week we talked about how that word anointing in the Hebrew is the word for smear. It means to be smeared and covered in the presence of God. When you have been with God, people know it. Right? When, when, when the, the religious saw Jesus' disciples, they could tell by their boldness, by their power, by their authority, they were common men, they were country folk, but there was something about them. And it says that by looking at them, by watching them, they could tell that they had been with Jesus. Can people tell that you've been with Jesus? I can tell you what my wife can tell when I haven't. My wife says to me sometimes, you need to go pray, Joel. And I say, you're right, I do. But I'm not allowed to say that to her. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 4.9 says that two are better than one simply because they can be more effective. We can get more done when we're connected. We can get more done. Look at this in, in, uh, in Leviticus 26. This promise to God's people, you will pursue, you will pursue your enemies and they will fall by the sword before you. Five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase 10,000, and your enemies will fall by the sword before you. When we're in alignment, we are simply more powerful. Now, I want to show you something that I learned this week. I learned something new this week that I'd never seen before in Scripture, and I have been taught wrong about this passage I'm about to read to you for my entire life, and I've grown up in the church for 45 years. I, I, I've heard every spiritual saying and every you know, Christian cliche, and I thought that I understood this one, but I didn't understand it until this week. And that's the verse that talks about how one will put 1,000 to flight and two will put 10,000 to flight. And I have used that saying in my life to speak about the authority I have as a Christian believer but that verse has nothing to do with that. In fact, that verse is actually a curse against rebellious people that belong to God, but got out of alignment. And that verse is actually a curse where God says, if you're out of alignment with me, your enemies will chase you. And one will put a thousand. And two will put 10,000 to flight. Watch this. This is in Deuteronomy 32. Verse 30, this is possibly one of the most misquoted verses in the whole Bible. It's up there. How could one man chase a thousand or two put 10,000 to flight unless their rock had sold them to slavery? Unless their Lord God had given them up for their rock, people that fell away. This is out of the Song of Moses. This was a song that Moses wrote and sang to the people that was a warning to them if they would betray the one true living God when he had blessed them and brought them into the land. And if they would betray that this would be a song that would be sung for generations and the generations following them would sing this song in judgment against their forefathers because they had turned away from the true and living God. 
For their rock is not like our rock, those that are truly committed to God, even as our enemies concede. Now watch this. Their vine comes from the vine of Sodom and from the fields of Gomorrah, and their grapes are filled with poison and their clusters with bitterness. This is a verse that we, many of us, have you ever used that verse to, power, to charge yourself? Anybody? Just me. I'm the only one. I'm the only one that used one to put a thousand to fly and two to put ten thousand. And we didn't understand that actually it's a, mul- it's a mass multiplication of what happens against the favor and the will of God in our life when we're out of alignment with him. And it says that when we're out of alignment, when we're chasing other things, when we're chasing other idols, that we are connected to the vine of Sodom and Gomorrah, and the fruit of our life is actually bitter and poisonous. We have to, and it's interesting to me, because we as believers understand that we have a true vine that we're connected to, not the vine of Sodom and Gomorrah. We've got to learn as believers to make sure that we align with the vine, align with the true vine, and that is Jesus Christ. John chapter 15 says, Jesus is speaking, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, And I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me, in my words, that's the word rhema. That's the prophetic encounter word. When you're encountering God and he's speaking to you and you're hearing what he is saying to you in your life and you're declaring what he is declaring to you in your life, then you can ask Whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. A couple minutes later, as Jesus walked down the road, he began to pray a prayer of his disciples. See, that statement, I'm the vine and you are the branches, is the passage where Jesus was walking to the Garden of Gethsemane. It was his last few hours of freedom, and he was declaring how important it was for them to align with him in the midst of chaos, in the midst of being scattered, in the midst of running for their lives. They needed to to align with him and to stay committed to him and to keep his words inside of them because that was their only chance at becoming and producing great fruit. Can I tell you, Oaks Church, God wants you to produce great fruit. He wants you to encounter him and to stay in alignment with him so that he can speak promises into your life and he can declare who you are on a daily basis so that you can say what he is saying. And when his rhema word abides in you, when his rhema word remains in you, you are so connected into what he is saying to your life, that you're not praying the will of Joel. You're not praying the will of Jennifer. You're not praying the will of Ashley or Brenda. You're not praying the will of Miguel. You're not praying the will of Jason. You're praying the will of God because you've heard his voice and you know what he's saying and you're saying what he's saying. And when you've connected in to the perfect will of God because you understand it's the rhema of God speaking into your life that shows you who you truly are truly, truly are, and what you should truly desire, you pray perfect prayers, and he hears them, and he fulfills them every time. Come on, that's a good word. That is a good word. That's his word. We've got to make sure that we make divine alignments. Divine alignments. Can I read you a passage in Acts chapter 2? This is the model for the church, guys. We're going to come back to this passage over and over again over the next couple of weeks because the, the, the first birthing of God's church 
is the model for the church today. The model back then is the model today. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their numbers that day. Watch. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They were in unity. And they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. I want to prophesy over you right now. Can I do that? I'm going to read something the Lord spoke to me in my heart last night as I worked on this message. Then I feel very strongly that he's going to give a fresh right now word for you that are in this room and those of you that may be watching or listening online in the weeks to come. This is what he said to me. Oaks, you have been called out, separated, made distinct. Why? Because you are a people that God wants to do something distinct and new with. He is ready to pour out new wine, and he needed new wineskins. Like Jacob's family, we are not perfect. We're stubborn at times and flawed, but we are faithful. We are persistent And we keep getting up. We keep pursuing his face. And we will never, ever quit. Is that you? We'll never, ever quit. Not perfect. Flawed. But I get up. I pursue again. I'll never quit. Though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. And we are the get up people. We have deep roots and wide branches. We withstand all of the storms the enemy may send our way, and we just keep standing. He comes at us one way, and he flees from us seven ways. Oaks Church people are strong and formidable, a planting of the Lord for his own splendor. We are pillars and structure for what God wants to build in the earth, and we will glorify him with every ounce of our lives. Amen? Amen. Come on, open your hearts. Open your hearts. Open your hearts. For the Lord says to you, I have massive things in store for you. I have handpicked you. I have selected you. Because of your obedience to me, because you followed my voice, I am releasing my favor on you like never before. I will blow your mind in this season with the divine connections and the divine alignments and the friendships. Some of you have prayed and asked for friendships for so long and you felt like maybe they would never come. Maybe you were destined to be alone, but it is not my will for man to be alone. I have connected you from the beginning of time and I have waited for this moment to bring you into alignment with the relationships that will trigger and bring forth the blessing of my favor in your life. The dreams that you have, the things that you've imagined, 
imagined, the ideas that you have perceived, I will do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything you've come up with thus far. Go back and dream again. Go back and write again. Go back and make bigger plans for I am doing a new thing in you. I'm not done with you. I'm just getting started with you. It doesn't matter if you're three or 73. This is the beginning of the greatest season of your life and I am pouring out my spirit on you anew and afresh and then I will fulfill everything I declare over you. I will fulfill it. I am the author and I am the finisher. I am writing your book and I will publish it because I am the Lord your God and I will not be stopped. And you have proven yourself a faithful vessel. You have proven yourself those that will listen and those that will step out and those that will hear my voice and those that will risk it all. You'll push it all to the center of the table and say, I'm with you, Father, and I can do great things with that type of faith. I will mass multiply you. I will bring favor and anointing and power and prestige and prosperity upon you because I trust you. I'm about to open the floodgates for your influence. I'm about to open brand new doors that swing so wide and no one can stop what I want to do inside of you. No one can stand before me. I am for you. Who can be against you? I am with you. You cannot be stopped. I am the one who makes victory sure for you. I go before you into battle and I fight for you in battle and I win every time. Break the old thinking inside of your heart. Break the old thinking inside of your mind that you have already tried this and you've already gone down this path. Break the thinking because I'm doing a new thing in you and your thoughts are becoming my thoughts and your ways are becoming my ways and I am putting my anointing upon you for you have been given the mind of Christ on a daily basis. Put on the mind of Christ and open your heart up to what I see and what I say and step into it. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, but be bold and courageous and know that I am with you and for you and around you and all about you. And I am bringing you into this season of your life. I am bringing you into this destiny and I will pour out riches upon you because I trust that you will build my kingdom. I pour out blessing upon you because I know that you will be faithful with it. This is my time. This is my season. I am doing this. Let's go, says the Lord. Yes! Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say amen. amen. So let it be, Father. So let it be, Father. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to happen today. Mm. Ken, did we get that recorded? All right. Yay. We'll make sure we can share that, and you can get a copy of that. I need a copy of that. You know, I heard uh, 
T.D. Jake say one time? Anybody like that guy, T.D.? He's okay, right? Okay, he's okay. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. I'll teach him how to preach one day. He said a young preacher has to finish his message every time. But a mature preacher knows when the Holy Spirit shows up and it's done. <laughs> Come on, God is good. He just showed up, didn't he? He just showed up. I'm going to tell you one last story and we'll close. Because I'm a young preacher. <laughs> I'm just playing. But I have to tell you the story, uh, this story, this specific part of Jacob's story, because it's foundation for us. All right? We've got, we got a few minutes left. We've got time. But Jacob... Is the, is the founding father, right? Abraham was the father of faith. He had a son named Isaac. Uh, Isaac, uh, he, he, had, he had two sons. One of them was dismissed into the wilderness, um, Ishmael, and then he had Isaac. Isaac was the promised son. A and then Isaac had two sons. He had a son named Esau, and he had a son named Jacob. And Jacob was the one that was chosen because Jacob was aligned with his parents' heart. See, we, we look at the story Jacob, of story of Jacob, and Jacob was, a, was seen as a trickster. He was uh, shrewd. He was a businessman. His brother was an outdoorsman, and Jacob was about the family business. His father favored Esau, but his mother favored Jacob because she knew what was in him, and she had received a prophetic word from the Lord. So she created an open door that looked like deception. It looked like trickery. Um, in scripture, and, and it has been preached that way, but it was God's will. It was God's design that, that Jacob was the one that had been selected because he had, the he had the heart after his father's heart about the future of what Abraham wanted, what Isaac wanted. Esau didn't have that in his heart. Esau misaligned and connected to Canaanite women, which was against God's command, and he built a lineage with Canaanite women that the Messiah could not come through. So the promise I'm going to read to you today or the command from Jacob's father was a command to leave and go seek proper alignment. This is found in Genesis chapter 28 verse 1 right after Jacob got the blessing of his father from his older brother. It says, so Isaac called for Jacob and blessed them, and then he commanded him, do not marry a Canaanite woman, but go to Padan Aram, to the house of your mother's father, Bethuel. Take a wife for yourself there from among the daughters of Laban, for your, your mother's brother. So this is, seems interesting to our modern day, but God was keeping a pure bloodline, so he allowed for cousins to marry which we do not practice today in the state of Texas. My understanding is there are other states that might, but not Texas, okay? Take a wife for yourself there from among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God align, God Almighty bless you. Watch the blessing and make you fruitful and increase your number until you become a community of people. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land where you now reside as a foreigner, the land that God gave Abraham. So the opportunity for Jacob was that he was the one to pick up the blessing of the grandfather Abraham and actually possess the land and the promise that God had for them. Is anybody here open to possess the promise that God has for God's people? Is anybody here? Come on, we're gonna possess that land because we're gonna make right alignments. See, when you're, I'm gonna say something. When you're in right alignment, it doesn't feel like confinement. See, there are relationships 
And don't get me wrong, because some of the best relationships for you, there's rub in them. Because iron sharpens iron. And there have been times, let me tell you, in 25 years of marriage, there's been times where this woman did not like me very much. But I'm still good for her. And she's still good for me. And us staying in alignment and getting back in alignment has been one of the main things that's continued to bring the blessing in our lives. So just because there's rub in a relationship doesn't mean it's not God. It's important that you discern the voice of God for your relationships. Because the relationships that we'll walk through in the next couple of weeks with Jacob and his family, his new family he was aligning with, had a lot of chaos in it. But God had a purpose in the chaos. So we, we understood that Jacob made a journey. He, that's where we talked about last week. Along his journey, he encountered God for the first time. He made a covenant with God for the first time. And then he gets to Laban's house. Watch this, Genesis 29. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he hurried to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his home. And there Jacob told him all these things. And then Laban said to him, you are my own flesh and blood. After Jacob had stayed with him, uh, for a whole month, Laban said, just because you're my relative, should you not or should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. And now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. Now, I want you to remember that this passage, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible and he wrote them up on the mountain where God came to him and gave him the Ten Commandments. And then every the, 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 the encounter that God gave to Moses, Moses was write the history, all of the history from creation all the way through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of this history that was written was written straight from the mouth of God to the ear and heart of, of Moses and then written onto scrolls and tablets. This is, this is what God said. Are you ready? Two daughters. The name of the older was Leah. The name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes. But Rachel, look at the priority of what God said. Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. And Jacob was in love with Rachel. Come on, God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? He just tells the truth. This one's got weak eyes. But she's got potential. But this one, the brick house right there. All right? He was in love with Rachel. He says, I'll work for you for seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to, to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Isn't that how it feels? It feels like just a few days. Come on, that's some puppy love right there. And we know how the story goes. Uh, seven years goes by. And Jacob says, hey, it's time, Uncle Laban. Give me my wife, Rachel, so that I can bake cookies with her. That's what he said. There's kids in here till next week. Next week, we will have the adult version of the story. But today, we're baking cookies, all right? Well, elementary, elementary starts next week. I want to bake cookies with her. That's what he said. Come on, and it must have been a serious party because some of you know what I'm talking about. Jacob partied so hard at his wedding that he woke up the next morning and he baked cookies with the wrong sister. And he was mad about it, right? He's mad. And he goes to his uncle and says, what's the deal? 
I wanted to bake cookies with Rachel, and you gave me Leah with the weak eyes. What's going on here? And Laban had played a trick on him. See, he's in alignment. Watch this. Jacob is in alignment, but it ain't perfect. He's in alignment, but there's people involved. And even though it's the right people that he's aligned with, there's still chaos. There's still drama. See, it goes on from there. He works another seven years. He gets Rachel the next week after he gives Leah a week. And then the most unbelievable, crazy story. If you've not read this story in a while, you should read the story in Genesis uh, chapter 29 and 30 uh, about this relationship. Because there is this family feud going on between these sisters. And one of them, Leah, begins to get pregnant over and over. And then Rachel gets jealous. So she gives Jacob, another wife. And so now he's got three and that one starts making babies. And then Leah gets jealous and she gives him another wife. And now Jacob has four wives in the chaos in this story, the, the, the manipulation, all of the weird mind games inside this story. They don't seem like they're God's will, but they were God's will because even though it was messy, they were still aligned in God's purpose. I don't understand it all. When I read this passage of scripture, it sounds like I'm watching an episode of the Housewives of Orange County. Some of you know what I'm talking about, and you should be ashamed of yourselves. But that's the family of God. Imperfect people. Lots of issues. But faithful to him in the journey. People that are in a process. People that, people that need more of him and know it. People that know that they, people that don't look down on other people and don't judge other people for their imperfection because they're fully aware with how much they need him themselves. We're people in a process. So my big question for you today is simply this. Are you God aligned or are you in bad company? God aligned or bad company? And you may have been in different phases of this in your life. You may have certain alignments in your life that are so from God and others that are not from God. And we've got to be courageous enough to be honest. See, we can't be friends with everyone. Aristotle said this, a friend to all is a friend of no one. There are relationships that are not good for us. I had a friendship in high school, my buddy's name, we called him Cricket because his legs were so skinny. We said he could rub them together and make music, and it was true. This guy wore all year round, he wore long johns and sweatpants under his jeans to make it look like he had a backyard, and he had no backyard. But me and Cricket, we called him Cricket, me and Cricket were like uh, oil and, and, and fire. And my mama said every time, and Cricket, his name's Matt, he's a good buddy of mine, and still to this day, I love Matt. But at that time, we were not good for each other, and my mama knew it. And she would say it all the time. You guys aren't good together, you're, and just, you're nothing, it's trouble. I, I don't know what you're up to, but I'm praying you get caught. You ever, anybody have a mama like that? I'm praying you get caught. My mama got me caught every time I turned around. But in the same way, in the same way, the first time that my parents met Jennifer, they said they knew she was the one. Come on, some of you have people in your life that God has given you that are an amazing gift to be a discernment and to sniff out 
the right alignments and the wrong alignments. If I had a dollar for every time that my wife said, that's not a good partner for you in business, that's not a right alignment for you, I'd have a whole lot more dollars in my pocket if I just listened to this woman. See, there are people in your life that have discernment that can speak into you and help you find the right people. Those who walk with the wise become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. The fourth and final step as we close is that we have to decide to live aligned with God's people. There may be some tough decisions for you today. There may be certain uh, deals that you wanted to do or partnerships that you were going to enter into. Or you may be in a dating relationship right now and you know that he is not Mr. Right. He's just passing the time and he's a dangerous pitfall that might destroy your life. And there's a blessing that God wants to bring you into if you will break alignment with bad company that corrupts good morals and move yourself into alignment with who God wants you connected with in your life. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, but it will pay off in the end if you just be faithful to who God has called you to be faithful with. Amen? Amen. I'm going to give you a couple practical steps and we'll close. Number one thing, if you're going to have great alignment, Make Christ the center of your life, number one. Number two, be a faithful friend. Number three, invest big in God relationships. The good relationships, the God relationships, be faithful, faithful, faithful. Invest, invest, invest in those God relationships. Prioritize, number four, your partners, people that you know God has given you as a strategic partner, give them priority. Do not give them the scraps. So many times we, we work hard all week. We give our clients our very best. We give everything and then we come home and we give scraps to our own family. It's so important that we prioritize our life partners. Customers will come and go. Business associates will ebb and flow, but your family your partners in life have got to be priority. And last thing, begin to align with groups right here inside of your home church. Begin to create them. You get to create them. We'll have a process in the future of, of official groups, but right now it's important just to start building friendships. Start building relationships. The Bible says, if you want friends, go be friendly. Be the friendliest person you could possibly be right here at Oaks Church and watch what happens. He'll open the door for you to have the richest relationships. Three last things how to stay aligned. Number one, practice selflessness. A selfless friend is a friend that has many friends because people love to be around selfless people. Selfish people run people away. Number two, practice gratefulness. Ungratefulness will destroy relationships in your life. Practice gratefulness. And last, number three, practice faithfulness. The Bible says of Jesus that if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful because he cannot be unfaithful to who he truly is. So important that we practice the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, did you learn something today? Are you blessed? Amen, amen, amen. Let me pray for you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your favor upon our lives. God, I thank you for the word that you spoke over us. I thank you for the practical steps that you've given us to walk out. God, we love you and we give ourselves fully to you. You are our God. We are your people and we love you and dedicate ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here today.